0: Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit
1: healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Better with Dr. Erica. Don't you want to be better, do better, and live better? With 21 years of experience in human behavior, Dr. Erica will help you put the you back in your life. Now, take this time to focus on opening yourself to this experience and let Dr. Erica pour into you. And here's your host, Dr. Erica.
2: I have a super special guest for you. So my special guest today for the topic of authenticity, the key to success for women in leadership, is Dr. Lisa Herbert. Without further ado, I'm bringing up Dr.
3: Lisa. Say hi to the people, Dr. Lisa. Hello, everyone. Hi, good evening. Hi, Dr. Erica. I'm excited to be here. Me
2: too. And for you that don't know Dr. Lisa, now I'm going to warn you, I'm going to let her introduce some things about herself, but I have to say a couple of things. One is she is brilliant. Number two, not only has she had a career as a physician, she has had a career as a physician leader. She's also had a career as a physician coach. So the great, well, I guess it's technically physician leadership coach, let me put all the words up in there, is that all that translates to is she has a talent for bringing the best out of people, but also teaching them how to bring the best out of others. Who doesn't want some of that? So Dr. Lisa, can you tell the people more about yourself?
3: Sure. Thank you so much, Dr. Erica, for inviting me on your show. I'm honored to be your guest. You know, I love you and um, always great to have a conversation with you. So my name is, again, Dr. Lisa Herbert. I'm a board-certified family physician, best-selling author, speaker, and executive leadership coach. I help physicians transition into leadership roles so that they can become the respected voice in healthcare. Through my coaching programs, my trainings, workshops, seminars, and courses, I help physicians develop both professionally and personally so that they can become the healthcare leaders of tomorrow. So I'm really passionate about helping um, physicians to, like you said, just become and be their best selves so that they can, in turn, bring the best out of their organizations, the patients, and the communities in which they
0: serve.
2: Well, I'm oh so happy to have you with us because, um, as they say on the clubhouse, you will be dropping gems. <laughs> Lord, I, I have to say that, uh, there, if I, if I don't hear dropping gems ever again in life, it's <laughs> like, like everybody's dropping gems and adding value. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. But I am so I, I just we just got to get to it because you have so much wisdom and I want to make sure the people get to enjoy the wisdom. And you're getting a treat because you're getting some Dr. Lisa for free right now. <laughs> so I'd advise you to hop on in, get your Dr. Lisa for free. In <laughs> fact, this you want to get your Dr. Lisa for pay. <laughs>
3: Always happy to share and drop some gems. Always, always happy
2: to do so. (laughs) Just saying. So one of the reasons we wanted to talk about these topics beyond the fact that it's Women's History Month is that there are certain things that seem to be a common thread among people having skills as leaders. And one of the things I know that Dr. Lisa probably also believes in is there are a lot of skills that we we can nurture and we can grow. And when you start looking at some of these skills and I know right now, when you look at social media and you're hearing all these things, authenticity is a big word right now. Everyone is talking about authenticity or being authentic or being your authentic self. You just hear the phrase everywhere. And I think some of what causes it to be such a big phrase Is because there's something about people being authentic and having authenticity that makes people feel real and relatable and that that feeling real or relatable makes people want to listen more and follow more. That's my personal interpretation. But I would love to hear from Dr. Lisa. Why do you think authenticity is so important for leadership? And what does authenticity mean to you?
3: Yeah. So you said it actually, you know, Dr. Erica, and I'll just expand a little bit about the term authenticity, but definitely being real and being relatable is definitely a skill that is needed in the leadership space. I think that the term authenticity means just showing up as who you are, you know, showing up as your true self, showing up um, with your values, not sort of swaying because of something that someone else says and not changing directions because this time of the month is is a different topic that's going on and you feel like you just want to be in the, you know, in the in crowd. So authenticity really is about showing up as your true self, showing up genuinely, also showing up with a vision, having a vision that you wanna have in order to be able to be a great leader and move the needle forward. And it's about just showing up as your true self and not trying to be or copy someone else because you feel that you may have to do that in order to succeed. So that's really what I think authenticity is and what it means in terms of being a leader. And why it's important is because of the two reasons that you, know, you also had shared. And that is you want to be relatable you want people to follow you. People are more likely to listen to you and to follow you if you show up as your true authentic self. They begin to trust you, they begin to become um, more loyal, and then based on that, you know, you're able to develop a team that you can then cultivate, also help them grow as well, but then also help to carry out your vision for yourself and for your organization.
2: I just totally, totally love that. You, you always say things in such wonderful ways. And when you were speaking, I started to think, you know, I, I, you said eloquently why authenticity is important. And I think people hear it, you know, and they say you should be authentic and they just hear this all the time. What do you think is, are some of the main barriers that get in the way of people showing up as their authentic self
3: or living or as their authentic self? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think that that comes up for men and women, but I think it comes up for women more often. And the reason why I think it comes up as a obstacle or as a barrier or we feel like we can't show up as our true selves in the workplace is because, number one, in the workplace, there are not many people that look like us. Right. Number one. So, so, so showing up in the workplace and you are the only one, whether that's a woman or whether that's African-American woman or someone of a different, you know, ethnic or cultural background, you already feel like you have to maybe conform in some way or that showing up as your authentic self may not get you, you know, that position or may not get your voice heard. So that's one of the obstacles. It's just the the numbers game, you know, of of not being um, or being rather the only one in the room. And the other thing I think as a barrier is basically the culture. So it's, you know, we already work and deal with a culture that's male dominated. So when we show up as leaders, especially as women, when we show up as leaders, we feel like sometimes we have to conform to those male attributes and those personality traits that men have in order to advance in the workplace. So then we tend to sort of scale back our true authentic self and we sort of pull back on some of those skills that we have as women, some of those things that are just natural to us, actually that are beneficial and that are plus, you know, that's a plus in the workplace. We tend to really pull back on those things. So I think those are some of the obstacles. It's definitely the culture. It's the numbers game. It may be a little bit of feeling like an imposter, you know, which again goes along with with those two things as well that really prevent us from being authentic.
2: I love that, and I love that you brought up, you know, culture and and people feeling they won't be successful and also imposter syndrome. And when you put all that together, one of the things I hear from you is one of the biggest things that gets in the way of people being authentic is fear.
3: Absolutely. That
2: they're, they're afraid that their authentic self won't be successful, or their authentic self will be misperceived, or their authentic self will not be accepted. So I, I hear lots of fear.
3: So sometimes it's fear and sometimes it could be past experiences as well. So I deal a lot with that with clients that I work with as well. So sometimes in a position of leadership or when they're given the opportunity to lead, they don't really show up as their authentic self because in the past, maybe someone has told them that they weren't good enough or in the past, someone has told them to tone it down a little bit or change something about themselves. So then they, again, try to hide who they are as a person. And instead of really trying to develop those personal, professional, you know, leadership skills, they tend to really hold back on who they are and not really present their true authentic self because of past experiences that they've had that caused them, have caused them not to.
2: Mm-hmm. And I also hear kind of a thread of of related almost to self-talk and how people perceive themselves kind of mixed in there along with issues of, of support and whether or not they'll feel supported being authentic. I'd like to shift gears just really briefly. Yes. So, you know, we've talked about Dr. Lisa Herbert, who is a physician, a physician leader and a physician leadership coach. How did you decide to become a
3: coach for physician leaders? How did that happen? Yeah. So, so I'll try to give you the brief, (laughs) the brief story. But basically how that happened was my background, again, like I said, I'm a a family physician. So I practiced for 25 years. I had my own private practice, you know, worked pretty much solo. I had some, some, some support staff, but I had a practice um, in my community for 25 years. During that time, I also had some leadership roles, but what happened was burnout, basically. You know, I just, completely, completely burned out after, you know, practicing for 25 years, didn't realize sort of in the beginning that I was burnt out, but I was, knew something was wrong. And because I kind of felt something was wrong. um, And also I was getting feedback from at my, at that time, my daughter who said, mom, you need to do something. I don't know what's going on with you, but (laughs) something's not right. Uh And I said, you know what? I I cannot disappoint her. I really have to figure out what this is. So in that quest in my journey for trying to figure out what was going on and what was my next step going to be, I hired a coach myself. And that coach really helped me to all the things that coaches do, uncover my blind spots, help me realize that I had options, you know, help me see the future and sort of what could be possible for me. And in that whole um, process of having a coach work with me, I realized that I had a lot to offer. I had a lot of you know, my years of practice, my years of being in a leadership role, all of the things that happened to me that I wish would not happen to physicians looking to do that transition sort of learning by the seat of my pants in terms of what it meant to be a leader and, and how to navigate in that corporate environment and that administrative role. So I realized I had all of that that I could offer and realized that I could do that in a coaching framework in terms of helping other physicians who were either looking to transition out of a career or looking to transition into leadership and really needed that support on how to do that because we're not taught those skills in medical school. You know, we're not really taught how to work outside of being excellent doctors. We're not taught really how to work in an administrative environment or work within a team, work with people from finance and from the C-suite and all of those types of things. So that's really how I started out with and why I decided to do the, the physician leadership coaching.
2: Oh, I love it. And one of the pe- reason people need people like you. And I know this doesn't happen just for physicians. I know I've talked to numerous attorneys and they feel similarly is one of the difficult things is it becomes difficult to identify you're burned out when the culture is everyone is burned out. Right. So, so how do you recognize you're burned out when that's that's the standard? And it's getting to the point where now, even since a lot of will use medicine, but this happens in other fields, But if the attending, so the higher level doctors are burned out and you're teaching younger doctors or med students, well, they're learning that the standard of where they're going is where all the burned out people are. So I I applaud you for being able to not only have self-awareness, but to be open to listen to the people that were, were kind of doing the little poke and saying, hey, I don't know what's wrong, but. Some something some right, is
3: not right. Exactly
2: because <laughs> is easy, and we see it with so many people all around us, where there's a certain level of misery or discomfort that becomes almost comfortable because it's the routine.
3: Yeah. And it's almost like we've adopted this culture of just being busy all the time. And that's the new norm. It's like, if you're not busy, then something's wrong. And then that equates into, well, if I'm busy, then I'm tired. So I guess if I'm tired, it's okay because I'm busy. And we start to overlook, like you said, all of the signs and all the symptoms of actually what is really burnout.
2: It is. I mean, it's just so standard. And kind of looking back, because now you're Dr. Lisa, what piece of advice would Dr. Lisa physician leadership coach tell Dr. Lisa, family physician that's burned out?
3: Mm, So I think the first thing would be definitely to listen to your gut, really tune into that inner voice, you know, respect the intuition. Um, Because a lot of times I think that the signs were there and I just ignored them. So really just taking time to really identify that inner voice and and listen to your gut. And then the other thing I think I would tell her would be to take time for self-care, that that's so important and to not really feel guilty about it and learn really what it means to really care for yourself while you're caring for others.
2: I love both of those because I think the wonderful thing about intuition and why it's so easy to second guess it is sometimes we don't know why our intuition is saying things, even though possibly you may be pulling data from things that your mind is processing on a subconscious level. And, you know, from a spiritual viewpoint, I do feel like there's some element of intuition that may also be spiritual, but I'm glad you brought up the importance of really being quiet enough to listen. Yes, and also, you know, I'm not going to say how old we are, but when we we all were earlier in our careers, there wasn't even a term self care, right? Right. <laughs> I think at least people are overworked and they they feel pulled to every ounce. But at least now there's language. I mean, I think back then it there there wasn't a word because it wasn't something that was valued.
3: Right. Right. Exactly. I
2: love that now it's something that people are starting to be more intentional about. We'll be back soon after word from our sponsors. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. And we're back. I totally love our sponsors. We couldn't do this podcast without them. I know you balance being a busy business owner, a leader. You balance your community and your family and caring for self. How do you
3: balance all of those? I think I really had to realize and convince myself (laughs) that it, it, it's really important to be able to, if we wanna use the word balance, you know, kind of have that balance in my life where I feel like I'm not giving up the things that bring me joy. And that was one of the things that I realized that I was missing, that I wasn't making time for the things in my life that bring me joy. And when I make time for the things in my life that bring me joy, everything else sort of just falls into place, right? So I I made a list of all the things that I love to do. I make sure that I incorporate that into my day, week, month somehow. I also started to not put too much pressure on myself. So that's a way to balance as well. Realize that I'm not superwoman and I can't do everything a hundred percent. And sometimes mm. I may be able to do things 50%, but that's okay. And not put so much pressure on myself to be perfect and again to make sure that, you know, things are a hundred percent. And then I also keep a calendar. You know, I do I do keep a calendar where I pencil in those things that are important to me. So exercise is important, so that goes on my calendar. You know, my self-care activities are important, so that goes on my calendar. When I make a date night with my daughter, it goes on my calendar. So that nothing else becomes a priority around those things that I have scheduled and that I have committed that are important to me. So that that's the way in which I look at balance right now. I don't look at really I don't look at it as trying to kind of divide myself equally between all of those things, business, family, you know all that. I really look at am I healthy? am I happy? am I thriving? am I doing the things that bring me joy and am I am I prioritizing and making time for those things that are really important for me.
2: Can I love I love that because you know what it sounded like you do. It sounded like you Marie Kondoed your life. You conmarried your life. You you checked to see if it sparked joy. And if it didn't spark joy, it left. I I totally, totally love it. I guess you all can tell I love Marie Kondo. I love everything Marie Kondo. I have been, this is not an ad. I've been to the container store. I have the Marie Kondo stuff in my kitchen. <laughs> but but I love that you looked at what what brings you joy then you make a list and and one of the reasons I'm a big fan of tools like that is sometimes when you're feeling stressed or someone's feeling stressed or overwhelmed it's nice to literally have it's like having a a pick me up cheat sheet yes so you don't have to sit and think about what to do you can just look at the list and like okay I'm going to pick one of these I need a pick me up or I just need a little extra energy or I need to be poured into let me do one of these and i I love that you do that. And I love the other thing that you, you prioritize, you are starting to have intent, you, well, not starting, but you have intentional action towards your priorities and have had specific intentional thought around what are you going to prioritize? And then you're intentional about making sure you do those things, putting the things you value highly, including your family on your schedule so that they don't get the leftovers. And also so you don't get your leftovers. I think yes. that's the other thing is a lot of times we're giving to everyone else in this. I'm not saying it doesn't happen for men, but it happens especially a lot for women. But it's you, you give to your job, you give to your family, you give to your friends, and then you're not nothing's left.
3: And it becomes important to do those things so that we don't end up burned out, stressed out, you know, overwhelmed, which leads to, we know, as physicians, medical issues and medical problems down the line as well. So
2: nobody wants that. So now it's time for my speed round questions. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Question one, what's the best lesson you learned from your mom?
3: The best lesson I learned from my mom was to treat others how you want to be treated. My mom was a huge, huge proponent of that. I witnessed her. She was friends with everybody down to, you know, the homeless person who hung out on our street to, you know, the president of the company. And that worked well for me in my entire career. I can remember, (laughs) I can remember in, Uh, residency on call, like I knew everyone. I knew the cafeteria workers. I knew the janitors. I would get, you know, food brought to my on-call room. You know, it's just how you treat people and you treat them with respect, no matter where they are, you know, in in their journey. So that was one of the, I think, most important lessons my mom taught me.
2: Oh, I totally love that. That was excellent. Mm -hmm. The next one is almost like a bonus because we, you sort of answered it, but you get another chance. You get another round to do another one. What is one piece of advice you give to your younger self?
3: Ah, uh, One piece of advice. Um, go for it. Oh,
2: I love it. It yeah. goes with your book. Go for it. And Physicians Rise, Rise Up. Yes, go for it. <laughs> I'm like looking at your book. It's so, it looks so cool back there. That looks so cool. And what is a favorite gift to yourself? It could be small. It could be big.
3: So, you know, one thing that I did, um, I I guess I can share this. So I had um, signed up for this subscription box, right, to get like Mm -hmm. these really nice, cute, uh, not fancy, but comfortable like pajamas and, you know, girly type stuff. And the first time I got the box, I thought, I'll just do it one time. But I continued with the subscription because I realized that every month that I got it, it was something that, I enjoyed opening it. Added to my self care routine, my nights where I would take my, you know, bubble baths or where I would have candles lit, and I would take out my nice pajamas that I just bought, and it would just be a very nice self love t- t- sort of night. So I, I I love that gift that I give myself every month. My subscription. I love that. <laughs>
2: Cause it's like it's a box. It's like literally getting a gift. You get to unwrap it and unbox it. it, and it probably has the really pretty paper inside. That yes. if you wanted to be like a bad music video, you could throw it around, throw it around the house. I totally love it. I mean, I, I, if I didn't have so many PJs and so many slippers and so many of everything, I'd have to ask you <laughs> what it is please never tell me because I'll have more stuff and don't need <laughs> more stuff. And that takes us perfectly to the next thing is hypothetically, you have a day off. What are you looking forward to doing? <sighs>
3: Honestly, these days I am looking really just to sit outside on my deck with a glass of wine, with a good book or listening to some music. Oh, I just love goodness. being outside. I love the outdoors.
2: I, I love it. And especially now it's, If anything I feel like has been taught during this time is it really is the simple things. Mm
3: -hmm. Absolutely. It
2: really is the simple things. And and besides, I've I've seen your porch, balcony, patio situation. (laughs) With my um, pond in the background. Yes, listening to that. (laughs) I would would very much love to be hanging out there. (laughs) So the next one, um, we're leaving self-care for a moment. What is one thing that you do when someone either disrespects you or underestimates you? Wow. So,
3: you know, the one thing that I think is when someone underestimates me or I'm speaking to the audience, someone underestimates you, I think the the best thing that you can do is to respond with action. I don't think talking about it is as powerful as doing the thing that they think that you can't do. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> right I so love showing people. it and just showing out and just doing it doing it by action
2: I love respond with action I totally yes. love it the last of these questions is I know what I would say for you but I want to hear what you say
3: what is your superpower oh. <laughs> so my superpower <clears throat> So I'm going to give you a funny answer, and then I'm going to give you another answer. The funny answer is my family would tell you my superpower is cooking my fried chicken. That's my superpower.
2: I never would have guessed fried chicken. Forget. I make Publix. some mean, That's I make some mean fried chicken. Oh, so cheat day at your house? Yes. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. You don't know. public <laughs> got in trouble, and I was like, we got to cancel Publix. Right. I love their fried chicken. So now I feel better. So keep going now.
3: My other superpower, I really think it's it's my ability to listen. I feel like, you know, when I'm in the presence of others and I've noticed this in my coaching as well, that I don't really have to say much and I get, a—I get everything that I need. I get all the information that I need to help that person. And I feel people feel comfortable talking to me and telling me, you know, their problems or just sharing news. So I think, I think my superpower is listening.
2: I I, I love that. I mean, and, and fried chicken. Now I want fried chicken, you know, and, and that's such a twist because I finally made crumble, homemade crumble tofu to make spaghetti that was meatless. and And it was good, but it won't compare to good.
3: I know. Uh, and it's a treat when I make it cuz I obviously, you know, it's not the healthiest of things, but it's good.
2: Oh, oh my god, that just made my day. That <laughs> yeah, made all of my day. Like all of my day. So, um as we're starting to wrap up, and um, do you have a final thought or takeaway that you want to share with the people?
3: Oh gosh. You know, I think my final thought and takeaway would be to just you know, we're talking about authenticity. I would just say, you know, always embrace who you are. Don't let anyone change you. Don't let anyone try to change what you believe or your values. Um, show up as your true authentic self and watch watch things just kind of fall in your lap and come to you, you know, based on the fact that you are just showing up as your true genuine self.
2: Oh, I love it. I, I, I love that. Can you do me a favor? Because you
3: are so phenomenal. I need people to know where to
2: find
1: you.
3: Yes. So you can follow me on all social media at Dr. Lisa Herbert. You can also go to my website at DrLisaHerbert.com. And on there, I have... Everything that you would need, you can get an order copy of my book, Physicians Rise Up. You can schedule a strategy session with me there. If you are in the leadership space or wanting to transition into a leadership role, you can also find a freebie there as well on the 10 steps that you need to transition into leadership. So my website is the best place to go and you can get all that information right from there. That's DrLisaHerbert.com.
2: I love it. Um, I just feel so blessed to have you here. Thank you for giving of yourself in your time because I know you have you have a lot of things going on and you stay really busy. So it, it does mean a lot to me that you chose to spend time with me. So thank you so much. One of my final thoughts, it's um, as we've been talking about authenticity, remember that you were created to be the best you you can be. There is no one else that can be you. So why waste time trying to be someone else?
3: Absolutely, I agree a hundred percent, Doctor Erica. And so you show up every time as your true, authentic self, and I love you for it.
2: Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I'm so myself. <laughs> there, there's just one me. There, there's not another one. Uh, but I'm, I'm just so thankful and grateful, and I really my wish to everyone out there is that you feel comfortable being yourself wherever you are because it takes a lot of energy to be someone else it does so it does. you know yeah. it, that's that's what i would leave you with um if i have to say a couple of things left as you know me i'm your host dr eric a harvard trained double board certified psychiatrist and integrative lifestyle coach I am just passionate about helping people be better so they could do better and ultimately live better. I do that through my telepsychiatry, my books, my speaking. My superpower is not cooking fried chicken. Um, I need to learn before I lose my black card. But I make mental health practical, even though I don't make the fried chicken. Uh, So... I, I want to remind you, you have your usual prescription. Make sure you call at least one person and tell them that you love them. It will help fill their love bucket. I bet they will tell it to you back. Calls can be video or audio. Text don't count for this. You got to And you got to actually talk to them. You can do it. You can call until you get somebody. I know you have more than one person in your Rolodex. And make sure you still are taking care. COVID has not gotten tired of us, even though we are tired of COVID. I'm gonna let you out of here. So have a great night. Thanks again, Dr. Lisa. Bye
3: everyone. Thank you so much, Dr.
2: Erica. You're Thank so you. Welcome. Bye, y'all.
1: Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Dr. Erica at D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A. And online at betterthepodcast.com. Follow her to get practical strategies to deal with feelings of frustration and overwhelm so you can be a thriving star in your own life story. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe button and also leave a review. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, be better, do better, live better.
0: If you enjoyed podcasts like this, Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.